The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Sarah Becker. I'm Peter Dancy. I'm Trevor Flynn. I'm Jean Solis. I'm Jack Newman. And I'm Ben Howarth, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay, I, I have a, Okay, you know what? I actually, I actually have a bone to pick with about this movie, considering that theme. <laughs> Honestly, for the first time ever. Lost my mind, lost my mind, lost my marbles, lost it all. Uh, we are going to be talking about the fifth James Bond film because there's still nothing new out <laughs> that's yeah. worth talking about. I think that's what's driving Ben crazy. He's like, he's like, I haven't seen a new movie in like three I'm months. I'm so glad that. I actually saw a great movie from my last theater movie. I know so many people who are like, the last movie I saw in theaters was Bloodshot. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Sorry, I, mean, I, I it, saw I a Portrait a of a Lady on Fire, and I'm so lucky that that was the last mm. one. It's a good one, dude. Bloodshot, Bloodshot is a new level of bad. Honestly, Oof, it's really one of those things too that like Vin Diesel like play, was like when it was when Vin Diesel was cool and he played D and D. I was like, cool. There's a cool guy playing D and D. I like it. Uh, he does action movies but now that he like does all these things i'm like man this is not the like you know dan harman playing Dean. the furious movie god damn it i, I, I don't know he just, <laughs> just, he just, <laughs> like vin diesel you you're here for one reason and one reason only <laughs> and they out those fast the furious movies. really replaced it with the rock to be honest yeah, with you <laughs> honestly yeah. and and look i'm sure there's bloodshot fans but when we're getting to bloodshot it's like all right what's oh, left oh, whatever what's, okay we're digging <laughs> Where where are these hardened bloodshot fans? <laughs> like, exactly. like so no one's ever knifed me at a part. Like I've, I've never gotten like stabbed in a parking lot by like you know a Harry Potter fan. And if that doesn't happen, it, a bloodshot fan's not. That's a dark actually. I don't want to talk about that. Well, anyway, this real- week we're going to be not talking about bloodshot, which we've only been talking about. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the fifth Bond film and what people thought was going to be the last. Connery Bond film, You Only Live Twice, but he would, of course, play James Bond twice more. Hey, hey, hey. Ah. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we're going to do a quick little discussion of one of the actual new films that got some attention because it is a sort of interesting move for this company. And that's, we're going to talk about uh, Disney Pixar's Out. Uh, this is a short film from their, what it's called, um, Pixar Spark short series. This is a series that kind of gives uh, people who aren't necessarily part of Pixar, but they they like the animators. They give them some money, some Pixar talent, mm-hmm. and they they let them do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and so this is interesting and quite talked about, and discussed because it's uh, basically the first Disney film to have an openly out gay character, as far as I can think. In terms of like, like, you, like a main you mean, a main you mean the lady yeah, at the end of Star Wars who was edited out in China doesn't? Count? Yeah, exactly. Or LeFou <laughs> and barely uh, referenced. And no, we have lots. Of Ironic, ironically, the, the gay subtext in the original Beauty and the Beast is like way more actually there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh my god, that's something that always makes me laugh. No, yeah. 
And so this is, yeah, and it's not just about a gay person. It's like about the idea of coming out. That's what the short is, is kind of about. So um, basically this is uh, so it's directed by Stephen Hunter uh, and is written and produced by Stephen Hunter. So it's, it's his big story. It's apparently based on a true story. I meant to look that up, but uh, I forgot to. My apologies. Um, so I'm not sure if this is about him or someone he knows or anything like that. But uh, basically it's about uh, a man uh, named Greg. Uh, he's living with his boyfriend, Manuel. They're moving away, um, but he has not come out to his parents yet. And um, through a wacky, whack-a-boom of wacky circumstances, gay spirit animals show up, which is wild, um, and switch bodies and with him and his bog. house music, apparently. Yes, very strange. Uh, and they switch bodies and shenanigans ensue as he tries to keep his... Uh, his romantic life uh, quiet from his parents and then uh, very sweetly at the end it's sort of revealed that his mom uh, probably already know, not only knows that he's already gay, she wants to tell him that it's okay and so he finally comes out to his parents and both his mom and his dad uh, accept him and it's very sweet and very uh, charming. So what did you all think of this movie and what do you think of uh, how it means for Disney's uh, slow tiptoey into the gay which they are doing so into the very gay. Very slowly. <laughs> I uh, thought it was very sweet. I thought, you know, the the what's the word I'm looking for? The thing with the dog was a little bit weird, but it is Disney Pixar. You know, the mystical or wacky fantastical is, is obviously bound to happen. And it was a really cute yeah. device to to, you know, let the mom talk sort of come out in her own way to someone about I'm having all of these issues talking to my son and I just want him to know I love him and you can say that to a dog much more easily than you can say it to a person and it was very sweet and uh, I, I did like this the one line at the end where you know of course the the bit with the dog and the human switching bodies Greg's at, body is acting like a dog which is you know stupid but funny but you know, when they, they finally switch back, Greg's mom is like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, nothing. I was like, that's right. Nothing is wrong with him. He is a good, wholesome human. And it's great. It's a good line. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah, I thought it was cute. It was just a nice little short. Um, it's uh, the, the, the nothing that crazy inside of the gay spirit animal stuff but like yeah that was wild but uh a fairly traditional kind of coming out story but a nice one and one that i appreciated um my boyfriend actually brought up a good point which is that is this one that like kids will understand in terms of the coming out process and that whole thing is that something that kids will even get or is it something you can kind of talk to kids about he was genuinely curious because he was trying to think because he he teaches um, four and five year olds, and he kind of felt that they would enjoy the kind of fun dog shenanigans and not really get the whole uh, I, I think elements around the, it. <laughs> the the powerful, I think the powerful thing is that like you know th- there is like a, a sliding scale for Pixar content. Uh, first off, I'd like to say. I honestly think that if we ever lost Pixar the studio, if they could just like make shorts, I would legitimately buy like a quote unquote Pixar pass, which like if it just had like Pixar shorts. But that's just because I like Pixar shorts. But I think that I think the thing is like it's like don't make another movie. Just make like 22 shorts and I'm cool with it. Uh, But like I, I think one of the things that like 
is good about this is that I think that like I feel like this was really, really good in terms of like actually being kind of the first gay story, because I actually felt like this was probably a fantastic thing to show to a kid to kind of internalize the thing was this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like it had a lot like, you know, I think like a lot of the things like this is this 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 bit had a lot of it felt. They didn't they didn't feel the need and I understand why they didn't feel the need. They didn't feel the need to age it up for other audiences because it felt aged up by the nature of it having something that other, you know, other media doesn't tend to deal with. And so because of that, it felt aged up. But at the same time, I felt like this was really about something for kids to show them stuff. And in that way, it's like, oh, my God, it's powerful. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Ben, because I, you know, I haven't really rewatched a lot of animated films, um, you know, since you know what you didn't older. go to finding dory 2 and feel like a pedophile in the theaters because that happened to me i actually that was that was probably like the last animated movie that i've seen uh to be I, honest I with don't, you it's i can't like go alone theaters. anymore katie katie has to go to pixar with me because like i feel too and it was, that would it's even a, bother me weird, but like it's a weird experience but i well, you know and it's just I, I not something that i like i'll come home from work and i'm not gonna like put an animated movie on it's just not something that i would do but that said, I feel like there's a whole lot of subtext that I'm missing to all these movies that I've seen as a kid, right? Because they, you know, the writers are smart. They're going to be, they're going to, they're going to write to kids, but they're also writing to adults that, you know, are going to watch these movies as well. So I'm like, well, shit, am I missing like all of this subtext that I just had no idea, uh, you know, the first right, time when I, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I did not realize that uh, Ursula from The Little Mermaid was based on Divine, a famous drag performer and oh, yeah. John Waters star. Like I did that's not something that an eight year old Ben's gonna be like, it's divine. Like no. It's I'm like I totally know the context of this character. Yes. Yeah. Or the whole There's a new like, documentary on Netflix or something of her. Oh really? Oh, I need to watch that. I I saw something. I, I don't know. I don't even know if it's new. Um I sorry, I've been quiet so far, even though this whole thing was my idea. And <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, I just to, I, I, weird flex to take ownership, but whatever. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that. Um, I'm just apologizing for dead air, which it's, I'm awkwardly feeling more. Yeah, this is like the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought this was cute. I thought it was nice. I um, I think my favorite part is when the dog when the, the dog is in the human and the human is, is running and he waves his arms like this. It's it, pretty that's, funny. It's, yeah. pretty yeah. it's pretty reliably funny. Yeah, I, I like the animation. It's, you know, it's different than anything they've done before. It's kind of interesting. Um, one of their more unique um Cut uh, styles that they've used for short films, and like I don't know, I, Ben, you were talking about how like the people behind it, like the whole Pixar Shorts Spark Shorts program now, is that they kind of like are always finding new talent to do this. So that might have had something right. to do with and, why it looked different. And and they're pretty interesting. There's been seven so far. They're all on Disney Plus. I recommend you you you, you see, seek them out. Um, and uh, I'll just read basically the uh, the idea of it, which is that. The, um, they are they are directed by Pixar employees, so it's wrong there. But they they do tend to uh, not be sort of the main directors. They can tend to kind of be like people who like have not been given a huge chance yet. And uh, they are given six months and limited budget to develop animated shorts that would go up. Uh, originally, it's going to be on their YouTube channel, but now it's all on Disney Plus. It's part of the package deal of Disney Plus, obviously. And uh, I think they're really interesting because, yeah, the animation's often very different. It's not the kind of traditional Pixar one. Pixar shorts tend to be the official ones that go in front of the movies tend to be like um, particularly show reels for what they're working on next. You can kind of look at it and be like, 
um, when you, if you saw um, like the one the with water the and Piper, for instance. Piper, yeah, it's like okay, Piper so they're really so good. yeah. They're really fucking around with water physics and shit. Like, mm-hmm. they are really messing around with it and want to show you it off. But so, like, I, I agree, a very cute short. So either it's, like, a cute idea or it's a, it's something that they are genuinely experimenting with, like, visually um, or, or technically. And so I think this was a very good way. It's, like, the least confrontational way <laughs> that Disney could do it, which is very Disney as well, where it's, mm-hmm. like, okay, it's on Disney+. Plus. You know, so it's not going to air in front of, you know, Toy Story 5 or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was my, if I had a criticism, it's like, I, this is, it, it reminded me of when I watched yeah. Pearl, which is their um, kind it's of. It's the first one, um, yeah. I didn't know it was the first one. That's, first I had no idea. One. Oh, yeah. It was, it's yeah. it's their, their kind of Me Too short film for, mm-hmm. uh, kind of. Um, it's just, you know, about, it's like a feminist in the workplace issue kind of uh, modern uh, like she literally, and I feel like it's about a, a pink ball of yarn that works for a company called Bro. It's a little yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, I I didn't I didn't um, like I, I appreciated that more the second time, and I feel like if it had been in front of a movie, I would have like I, I feel bad saying it, but like taking it more seriously maybe. And that's like kind of the reaction, the first reaction I had to this where it was like mm, okay, like it was nice, it was cute. I feel like I would have like appreciated it more if it was in front of something and just like for such a big moment especially for them doing this and that being like news that it like is just kind of on dis- I'm mean, still glad it exists I just yeah yeah no, I, I, and that's why I, I don't want to like raise the banisters and be like Disney's woke now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, to me, until that's they make, that. I mean, the, the the goal is and will always be, you know, a, a a well done gay prince or princess in one of their their films. And mm. until then, I just don't think, you know, I'm gonna raise the banisters and be like, yeah, they, we got there, <laughs> we finally got mm. there. And uh, I, I think it will just still take a while. And I think this is a good way of like. It's ignorable, but it's still on our main platform, and we're going to promote it, and we're going to talk about it, and it's not. Yeah, it's on the right direction, kind of thing. I don't. I don't want to exactly. I don't want to like insult the creator who made this. It's obviously a very good piece. It's obviously a very good short bit. I just like it's. It's more like I'm. It's the same sort of main thing for me. I'm like, yeah, this like Disney. I am. I, I find myself getting personally more and more upset by like how Disney kind of caters to like China a little bit on this man and how like specifically for the Chinese market, we have to, we have to remove all homosexuality subtext. And that's the fact that like a corporation does that pisses me off and like to no end for some reason. Like I like, I don't know why that like really bothers me, but like, I was like, fuck you. Like, like, and and it's also, I guess like this is a sort sort of thing. It's like, yeah, but like the fact that Pixar or Disney who does tend to as much as possible project themselves as a woke company and at least like try to align their brand with that, at least in the U S the fact that they don't do anything or they have a mainline production that comes out this way like i i think that's pretty bad guys like i like and that's the thing is like whenever something actually like this like a half measure comes out i'm sort of like fuck you yeah it's which is which is nothing which is nothing to the creators of this piece that's our people that you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly like it's but my, my like thing is like short, disney. fuck you disney <laughs> like it's kind of yes. like, yeah i was like and i know i was like, like making a distinction is weird but like 
definitely right like you know i i i i I have to admit like i personally like i was like in the film and i was like especially like i I was also like let's be honest when i was watching the last star wars movie i was definitely like fuck you fuck you fuck you this is dumb fuck you go fuck yourself and then at the end so like we're gonna make money in china for it's ridiculous Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's exactly. It's like it's like it was that extra million dollars you made in China like really much? This is a billion dollar movie. Fuck you! Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, unless know. you're like Fast and the Furious or the Avengers, I don't understand yeah. why you would like pander to that market. I mean, you know, no especially way. if you're compromising like the content of the film, right? And you know what's funny is eventually there will be like some gay movie that'll make a hundred million dollars in China because randomly movies will make a hundred million dollars in China and then out of nowhere like, for no reason. We need a million gay. People people in it you're like oh well it's also like it's one of those things as well as like you know ironically like weirdly movies subtextually like the fast the furious which have in my mind homoerotic subtext like in in terms of like the thing to send to china to make them lighten the fuck up like that's kind of it i don't know (laughs) 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 all right well i think we all agree that it's 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 definitely worth watching um so let's move on to uh our next our full film this week which is you only live twice Holy shit. This is the one. Oh my god. That is a a hell of a movie to put out in front of. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. It's almost as well. You you know what? It's almost as it's almost as weird as it's almost as weird as weird as when when they when they put uh, that Simpsons uh, that Simpsons short ahead of Onward. I oh, almost yeah. didn't bring that up. I was like, you know, if it, if the last short that I got in front of a Pixar film wasn't the most heteronormative thing ever, where there were literally babies getting married, babies, I'd be less oh. upset. Babies, <laughs> oh. married babies. It was bad. Wow. It was uh, bad. Wow. Oh I still haven't watched. It was not cute. It was bad. Um, what what, what right, the so short? Yeah, no, don't, no. don't. It's it's not worth uh, it. No plans of it. All right, so you only live twice. Uh, this is, as I said, the fifth James Bond film, the fifth one starring Connery. Uh, it was announced during this film that Sean Connery would retire the role, uh, but as we'll talk about, he does come back in one canon and one non-canon Bond film. Uh, this is the first one directed by Lewis Gilbert, who will also direct *A Spy Who Loved Me* and *Moonraker*. Get used to his style because he will repeat it three times, and yeah. I great for that. I kind of love him for that. It's a uh, wild. Um, it is also written by Roald Dahl. Yes, the same Roald Dahl. The one who wrote The Witches and Willy Wonka and all that. Yes, yes. Very weird. <laughs> uh, famously, uh, Roald Dahl and Ian Fleming were friends. And he uh, decided to swap uh, projects. So Ian Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, the screenplay. And Roald Dahl wrote really? the screenplay for this. Yep. Yes, very interestingly. Um, it is, of course, based on the novel by Ian Fleming. Uh, you got Sean Connery. You also have Akio Wakabayashi. I'm very sorry. I just want I want everybody to notice, like as much damage as I have done to the Japanese language in Animania. I just want. I'm just saying. I'm just I saying. I understand. I understand. She's like a legend. Tetsuro Tamba as Tiger Tanaka, who is fucking incredible. We'll talk about Miyahama as Kissy Suzuki. Uh, and of course, Donald Pleasance as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. 
And uh, it's like a lot of really. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Wait, wait. You don't want to say the 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 Bond girl name, Kissy Suzuki? Oh, I said Kissy Suzuki. Don't. Oh, worry. he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, you Sarah tried to sneak it in. You know what? I it's got. like a, a lot of really legend. It's a pretty solid cast, to be honest. What do you, what do you want to say, Sarah? Sarah's have, waiting patiently. One more, because I was so excited when I realized who this person was. Also, Chris Gray as the short cameo of Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do oh, y'all know who that is? Charles Gray, oh, excuse me. I know who Charles Gray is, yes. Not off the he's, a later, head, he's a later Blofeld. <laughs> yes, he Maybe, is. Maybe, but he is also <laughs> the criminologist in the Rocky Horror Picture he Show. He is, he is. Oh my who fucking I God, you're right. in, Holy shit. <laughs> it, oh my God, shit. Fuck yeah. Who you it's may like, remember, I played I re- in the Trinity. I. I do remember. Oh, did you play him at one point? Oh, I did, nice. yes. Fellow criminologists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just flat out did not recognize him because of because of how he looked. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like I kind of recognized his face, but it was more his voice. I was like, oh, the voice is so yeah. What? I, I know this Ray. voice. I just haven't Why? watched. I just haven't watched Rocky Horror in a long time. Me so neither. so so that I wasn't that wasn't in my in my recent memory banks. Oh, I remember so I watching it in Scotland with a bunch of people who didn't know the callouts, and I was like <gasps> oh. actually wait, offended. Wait, wait, was this? Yeah, I I also just want to say Tetsuro Tamba hmm. did in the Cat Returns is the is voices in the Studio Ghibli movie the Cat Returns the 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 cat uh, and also Tetsuro-tamba, yeah. he also did G Min seventy five which is not gonna land here but whatever it's important <laughs> <laughs> it's important <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I say it's important so fuck off no, I mean it is wild yeah just like. The point is, uh, long career. Yeah, fil- filmography of a man who didn't deserve to be in this movie, but like I'm just, just, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, and so we have a uh, last to just finish up. We got music by John Barry once again. Cinematography by Freddie Young, and the editor Peter Hunt is here one more time before next time when he will take over as director. Um, so. Uh, This is, uh, let me read you the plot synopsis and then we'll get into our thoughts. After a mysterious rocket ship seizes manned space missions from Earth's orbit, (laughs) suspicions mount and the world's superpowers are hurled to the brink of war. Their only hope rests with James Bond, who races to stop the true mastermind, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, chief of the evil Spectre organization. Blofeld is hell-bent on instigating global warfare from his massive headquarters nestled in an inactive volcano in Japan. As the countdown begins, Bond joins forces with the luscious Japanese agent Kissy Suzuki, <laughs> his secret Very agent luscious. counterpart wait, Tiger Tanaki. Wait, 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 we're not even going to mention Aki? To mount Let a him get through this. Raid on Blofeld's lair and prevent a calamitous world war. Yes, and Aki does not get a, a shout out in this synopsis. God damn it. She's like 90% of the movie and then we switch out girls for like no reason. Yeah, she gets <laughs> yeah, there, there was fucking no. ninja like, killed. Oh, you actually have a little bit of agency. It's a Did cool, you know it's a cool um, death. It's a cool death. I'll say that. It is like the, the wire with the poison is is pretty cool. Do you know the actresses were actually, uh, they were actually reversed initially. So Mia Hama yeah. is going to be Aki. Just because driving home the interchangeability. There's a, <laughs> the there's a story audience. there. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is also a classic Back to the Future scenario where Blofeld was a completely different actor. Let me see if I can find him. And they filmed for several weeks with him and then they were like, nah, mm-hmm. he sucks. And they, they got Donald Pleasance, like, called him up and were like, get here now. And he was just like, I don't know. I want a scar on my eye. They're like, fine. And they're like, do it. <laughs> like, fine. Okay. We haven't seen your face anyway, so we can put it there. Yeah. He was uh, like. Uh, Jan Warrick was the guy who was supposed to play him. 
uh, Czech actor, who was, of course, the classic thing of them hiring a, a person who could not speak English, and then would dub over later. So they said they got the most why English not? man ever. That's like, it's so super it's like a, Yeah, it's, it's a weird deal because he's like, I feel, in my, in my opinion, he's like the incarnation of Blofeld, right? He's, you know, oh, yeah. when you and think of like who Blofeld is, it's Donald Pleasance in this movie. And especially, um, I think, because this is the Dr. Evil Blofeld. This is the, this yeah. movie in particular is what I think Austin Powers takes the most of. Weirdly, this and Diamonds Are Forever. Like a lot of yeah. weirdly Diamonds yeah. Forever I, stuff oh, is in that. Oh, oh. OHM, OHMS too. I mean, yeah, I well, like a lot a of like the costume is from OHMS. Like but these kind of three, this, the Blofeld bonds are like what, what they come from a lot. But like the layer, yeah, yeah. and especially Doctor Evil, and like the big sets, and like and then the the henchmen. So here's the thing I'll yeah. say right now: Lewis Gilbert to me is like Wes Anderson, where he's made the same three movies over and over again, as you'll see. <laughs> and I kind of love him for that. And where a lot of people get very tired of Wes Anderson, to me, like. Growing up, because I watched more The Spy Who Loved Me over and over again, that was like the one I watched on repeat. So that's going to be Moon very hard for me Baker. nostalgically to talk <laughs> about the only it. Person. But to me, like a Bond film is like guys in jumpsuits shooting other guys in jumpsuits in a giant lair that makes no sense <laughs> and is massive. Uh, fun yeah. fact, this, no reason. this volcano set that is in my Zoom picture is is more expensive than the entire production of Dr. No. That's how <laughs> much these movies have gone up in price. Uh, I believe just it. in terms of the scaling ability of that. So That is um, money well spent, sir. That volcano set is a beautiful it, it, it really, I've it's, always it's loved the, 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 the volcano layer. It's incredible. Like, it's it's when he Ken saw, Adams' masterpiece. It's when incredible. he saw like, the, the green... like liquid in the volcanoes like is that very deep i was like wait i remember this i remember this this is cool it's it's like a a, a ceiling and and it's hard and then i don't know like i was so excited because and i was like why wouldn't you just like my favorite layer from why wouldn't you just put in like yeah. a swimming pool that like the whole swimming pool can retract sorry i was like it's one of those things where it's like construction wise i was like it's not a volcano it has a lake in the top of it it's inactive i don't know whatever <laughs> for some reason at the end when they they show the whole thing exploding. There's like all this gratuitous lava coming down. Like that wouldn't oh. happen. Yeah. That's that was like yeah. So it's, 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 uh, it's it's magma. Magma. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Old Greg. <Okay>. Woof. <laughs> uh, so okay. so like this this what I'm just saying is like so this has like the jumpsuity stuff, the crazy sets. The most ridiculous gadgets. I'm very much a gadget fan in the Bond films. And to me, no place has been sexier than 1960s Japan. when With just like the, this this clash of like Eastern and like Western like 50s right, noir right. looking things. And like especially if you watch like Kurosawa movies from the era, like 50s, 60s Japan is like, oh, it, it just yeah. is like I want it, to live there. It, it's literally there. a style of like Japan that comes up in anime that it's considered like like kind of the rev like the post war fifties Japan is a style. Uh, well, if, depending on which animator you're going, if you're doing like if you're doing Grave of the Fireflies, it's like mm -hmm. holy shit, we're satisfied. Yeah, that's like depressing. But, like, mm -hmm. Yeah, and versus like versus like something like Fire Force, which I'm talking is like ten years post war. Yeah, yeah Fireflies yeah. is post is like mm -hmm. right after the yeah. war. We're, right. 
Fire, fire, fire yeah. Force is something where it's like post where it's in this time period where it's like we're still renovating. We have all these Western clash with Asian ideals and then we're just kind of we're just mixing it as much as possible. Like that's that's definitely the time period. Wait, it's, fi- it's wait, fire cool Force is, is the anime with, the, with those firefighters, firefighters who have firepowers, right? Yeah, it's also the anime with the girl fire. who wears a bikini and just it slips off for no reason. I mean, I, I'm not going to finish it. Just, uh, it's it's it just one of the fire, anime. Like, seven <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. That's correct. I, did, I, wasn't, I wasn't coming here to be attacked over Fire Force. I'm just saying the style. I, just, I still don't even know why you brought it. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why. It was because it has that It has that style. The kind of, of like, yeah. like economic bubble. Japan. Right, 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 right. Economic bubble Japan with the background and everything. It's like, you know, kind of low end, still like embracing Eastern with like Western traditions. Mm. The fusion. It's interesting, too, because I feel like this is like kind of a quintessential Cold War bond. I mean, there are, you know, others coming up, but, you know, this is coming out in like the late 60s, right, where there's a lot of tension between Russia and the U.S., so I, I feel like it's kind of fun to watch that play out because for me it's it's just history, right? I like I didn't live through that, but it's kind of fun to like watch like the tension I, between I, the sides and as stupid yeah. as the overall plot is to like yeah. do it, it is effective in sure. basing the situation and, and like my point is like the the satellite and like the I think it's a thing too. The reason they keep going back to space for the bad quote unquote thing is because the imagery that it invokes of the space race and cold war is so effective in grounding bond in the cold war without actually having him fight russians and i think that's i think that's kind of like that's like the bond that we're going to move forward it's always an evil organization trying to destabilize world powers we're not directly fighting russian people unless it's like a crooked russian general in like goldeneye or something like that and i think mm-hmm. that's i think i think he like tr- did try to ride the line and i think that there's such an effectiveness to like having this stolen cccp satellite that opens up and grabs the space literally steals from you like that opening scene is is a weird deal that's what's incredible about Lewis Gilbert is that he will make three films about vehicles eating other vehicles that's how specific he gets son of a bitch he does that was a very very interesting opening opening to watch because it's like oh this is like it it, it definitely looks kitschy like like in 2020 but shit but but shit wow that that, that, that one guy that's bad for that guy yeah it's like he's dead (laughs) it's one of the darker like bond deaths it's like that poor astronaut is just like suffocating to death in space by itself it's like what the fuck happened like the other astronauts get to go to the cool volcano layer not that there is this there is this this moment and like as much as everybody thinks moon Moonraker is really silly which it is uh but like there is this there is this moment during the fight where they try to copy the fight that was underwater during thunderball and they turn off all the music and you just see people getting shot with lasers and you just see them like them exploding and flying out of space it's like and it's just really dark because there's like oh a half. God. There's like there's like fifty. Sorry, all right, whatever. So silly. But yeah, this <laughs> is two years oh before God, the Jack moon Spoiler landing. Shit. So Moonraker is a serious film. Not just kidding. Moonraker got to show off the fucking the space shuttle before it was actually used. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but my point my point being that like the opening sequence, as weird as it is, is like super effective and it's actually like pretty impressive given the time period um like i started watching this and i'm just like damn you know it's it's it really grabs your attention right from the (laughs) get-go well i'm curious it's it's, it's right around the same time as as 2001 which i'm curious like how much 
budget-wise, that film cast. Obviously, 2001 looks a million times better, but I'm just trying to think of, like, how much budget they were working with at the time. Oh, I know this. Shit. Uh, what do y'all think, think of the whole, like... This was $116 million. The but No, the the budget was only $9.5 million, so... Well, 2001 was 12, so it's about the same. But, yeah. Yeah. Was, you gotta pay for all that Japan location. You, you, have, a, you have a visionary who's, now. like... Who, yeah, I was about to say. It, it makes sense that it'd be expensive. But it's expensive because it's in Japan. They can't, they can't also have cool space scenes at the same time. I also... One of my favorite things about this movie, too, is that they're, like, talking about their fucking secret like I just want to say that the castle they use in this film is like a national Japanese landmark and it's one of those things I where it's like oh, it, 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 would, it would be like it would be like our secret military forces train in front of the Empire State Building and yeah. I'm like Fuck you! Like it's it's also it's also such a represented castle in anime that I'm like I immediately recognize it just on the basis of the crenellations or it's not crenellations but you know what I mean. But the point is like I, I immediately recognize it. I'm like go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they like didn't research castles in Japan before they got there. They scoured the whole country in helicopter before they're like, there aren't any on the ocean. Why aren't there any on the ocean? They didn't, they didn't build any on the ocean. Yeah. Because of tsunamis. (laughs) They knew not to do that. There was like a fucking reason. Why are they Mm -hmm. on top of mountains? Probably because it was defendable. Oh no. Castles are actually useful. But in the process, they found a volcano and fell in love. So of course, of course. I mean, I love that the code word for bond is, that he has to tell someone he loves them, and he's like, "Ugh, it just sounds so gross coming out of my mouth." I have he's to like, say, uh, I love I, you. And, and, and then, and then, when, and then when he's like, "Okay, well, you're gonna have to, you're, you're gonna have to like marry someone," he's like, "Is she pretty? No, she's no, no. Her face is like a pig. It's like, wow. So that's the only damn way. dude. It's, it's been, a, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find an explanation for that. She's gorgeous. I'm like, is that the broader, broader, broader discussion? Is it a translation thing? Is it a cultural thing? I'm not the host on this. That bond can't actually be committed." Unless she's hot. If she's not hot, then right. he's like, "Why am I here? I don't have like yeah. I, I could just well, go home." Well, if you're gonna have a fake wife, you want her to be hot. I, I, I that's not like the worst thing Bond <laughs> no, like, does no, in, this, like, I, 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 in this film. I don't know why, why, why I like. I'm the like, worst thing he does. You yeah, like, that's that's my point is like, I was like, oh, no, are we oh, really no, gonna, real, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I was like, if James Bond films, you gotta pick your fights, and I'm like, oh, does he want a hot well, wife? I mean, I get the weird thing about you only live twice versus the book, which is that like, for one, you only live twice. The book is more closer to diamonds are forever in the terms of like what I kind of don't want to spoil stuff that's going to happen for people to know in the next film but it, it, it follows what happens there how about that if you know what I'm talking about um, I, I just want to make a, a bucket of popcorn I, 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 can, I can understand I can understand the, 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 the idea of the idea of like if I'm going to be undercover I want a hot wife but like I just remember I remember back to Thunderball where, where, <laughs> I, remember, I remember back to Thunderball where, 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 he, where, um, where he was being told he was being told about, about the nation and, and everything that was going on and he like he was kind of like yeah sure whatever but the second but 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 it's like the second he was from Russia with love wasn't that one where she was like he he also saw like who is this person who's trying to trap me and then he's like like, oh yeah it's like the second he saw a picture of Domino he's like oh I'm totally interested maybe I should be the one to actually go I should totally go guys I should totally (laughs) fucking go one of the things where we like as a character have to like accept that Bond is like a piece of shit oh, like it's like, like it's one of those things where it's like we've accepted at this point that Bond like even to mod- our audiences at the time we wanted to suggest that Bond was just like 
a so, racy piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> like, and it's one of those things too. I love how this film also, like I just imagine the screenwriter like reading the, have, has anyone ever read like so, James Clavell's Shogun? And mm-hmm. it's like the, the eternal oh, yeah. airport novel. And that's the very interesting thing about this one. It, in way, I feel like it's, it's interesting as an adaptation because like the original novel is extremely, uh, uh, Bleak, isn't that? I mean, for? it's not <laughs> it weeaboo, but it's the similar idea of like this mm-hmm. over fascination it's with a Japanese travel culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's like very like Bond going native, quote unquote. Where like he is completely disenfranchised. He has moved to Japan, and he just becomes like he literally gets mistaken for a Japanese man. And you're like, what you are said, you talking about? Like how? It's so said, It's funny you That's, said weeaboo instead of weeb, but whatever. No, I'm trying to think of what is right. right. he's, I mean, he's got a fair point. I mean, the, 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 the most this problematic. It, it is pro- less problematic, which makes it weirder. Like, if that makes sense, where it's like <sighs> he does become Japanese, they keep that, but only for a little bit, and he looks like uh, Spock. <laughs> like, it's yes. very yeah. strange. He, he does there, not. He does. Not, he has his prosthetics on for like one scene. Like, let's be honest too. Like, as soon as he gets it, in the volcano, he's 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 a he's a ninja. <laughs> yeah, he does not have those. And then you have white guy, This on. movie invented white guy ninjas. I mean, long before Karate Kid and shit. Like <laughs> white white guy karate movies. Way ahead. It's, of it's a time. weird. It's a weird deal for me because there's there's like a lot of things that I'll forgive this movie for, and there's a lot of things that I really enjoy about this movie. But like the portrayal of Japan. Like the fact that it was shot in Japan, I think, like, kind of detracts from the movie for me because it's it's just so ridiculous. Like, like the culture of the place is not such that you can go there and just like immediately become, you know, Japanese. Like, that's just not how. That's just not how. <laughs> yeah, it you works. gotta have a fisherman's <laughs> wife. So, like, oh, that's come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you were, if you were to take Sorry, away no, like yeah. that aspect of like, it, it would, it would be like a better movie for me. Like, but okay, let's there's make just, there's just so much. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird. Really, because I felt really bad about. He had to get married so we can see a traditional Shinto wedding, though, and then we get like, oh, this is traditional Japanese culture amidst all of the, you know, like Jack was saying earlier, like economic stuff, like you know. It, it, 19 uh, sumo is so well known to us now but i'm sure in 1966 it was more like unique and, and ooh what is this strange you know uh sport. oh yeah supposedly when they were filming the sumo scene they were like oh it has to be real like the sumo the sumo wrestlers won't do it like acting they have to actually do it real which is funny to me because sumo wrestling is notoriously corrupt partly yeah, yeah. Like, like, often, along often. with all of the honor yeah. Like system. One of, one of the most effective movies filmed in Japan for me is Lost in Translation because I think it embraces the fact that uh, you can't uh, finish. No, you, you can't like just like Sophia Coppola like grew sh- up like staying in the Park Hyatt Hotel and like understands that you just can't like assimilate into Japanese culture and, and you like view it through that perspective where it's like I just I'm like I'm never going to become a part of this culture but I can still have a different experience living here and that's a unique thing that I can share whereas this is just something that's like it's just so far-fetched that I, I can't really buy it I mean and, and it starts going down a road where like <laughs> you're, you're gonna really get to it with with spy who loves me but like <laughs> It's basically becoming magical at this point. Like mm-hmm. the the whole underground oh Tiger Tanaka when- thing is both <laughs> incredible but insane. He literally right. watches the movie like Spaceballs. Right. Like at one point, right. he goes yeah. down and he's like, "Look at the movie you're in." <laughs> you're like, like, where's like, the camera right now? Like, that was you. <laughs> also, they go. What, 
speaking of it being magical, when they he goes into the sub from you know after faking his own death, which by the way is that how naval funerals work? I never looked that up. But that is actually a thing. Yeah. That, okay, yeah. that's cool. But that's cool. again, a, a classic uh, but, thing of d- does not factor into the movie whatsoever, despite it being the like hook. Yeah. You but they bring him onto the submarine, and it's like the same <laughs> office, right down to the hat rack that he throws his hat on. Except it's on a submarine. And then yeah. they're oh, like, yeah. "Bond, you have to go to Japan." Ah, and I, he's like, "Oh, it's I, okay. I took one an Oriental ancient. languages class in college. Right. I know all of right. Japanese. Right. That's right. fine. Right. I can do it." I, I, I just want to. I just want to put this to there. The immense complication with the difference between Mandarin and Japanese alone, and the Mandarin fact that he took Japanese one alone. class. To yeah. learn all of the Oriental all languages, I was like, <laughs> "You like, notice? I noticed Bond even in this movie, you didn't speak a word of Japanese other than like Sayonara, Saki, Saki, that's all he's saying." I this dumbass being like, "Perfect temperature for your sake. It's ninety-eight degrees." Oh, what is that? Okay, okay, I looked this up. I looked this up. I looked this up. So there's something to this where like we associate that now like with cheap shitty sake if you're heating it up, but. Post-war, there was like a trend where they didn't have the manufacturing capability to like make it the right way for a while. So people did generally heat it because they directly added like that's, distilled liquor into it. So there is that's something fine and very fascinating, Trevor, and I deeply appreciate that that knowledge <laughs> and I thank you for it. I'm saying, how does someone know temperature by putting it on their tongue? That's some fucking James Bond uh, insane yeah. shit. Where he's like, that, it's that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a cook yeah, thing. That's, that's, a, a, that's a cook thing. I I have licked my own roast to check the temperature. Yeah. That, that, that goes back. That goes back. Jackie drinks. He drinks shaken martinis. That's not a fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, that goes back yeah. to someone's point though. In a, pre, in a previous episode of James Bond, like like Bond just starts knowing things for no reason. Yeah. No this is really the start of Bond just knowing shit. He knows Japanese. He knows the temperature of sake. I know science. Thanks. Like what? Also, why does he provide the temperature of the sake in degrees Fahrenheit and not Celsius? Also, a very good point. Yeah, Yeah. which is which is also yeah. Oh my god, Bond would use that literally my own shit. Understand? That was literally my fiance's question. Right, right. There's no Uh, reason for well, English people were using the Celsius by this point, weren't they? Like that's a thing, actually. I don't know when the whole metric turnover went. Because that happened, and that actually happened there, and we will just, we just will never go kicking. We never will. Yeah, Yeah. they were the last before us, right? Yeah. We never win. We still have it. Yeah, that's fine. I'm sure there was another country who started using the Celsius system before. It's a problem because, like, anytime I talk to someone who's not from the U.S., I'm like, I'm having to, like, fucking convert it. And I'm like, this is completely worthless knowledge. Fahrenheit. Get get into, like, get into anesthesiologist and drug measurements and, like, let's talk. Like, let's let's fucking talk. The fact that we can have drugs, both legal and illegal, and illegal measured in grams and milligrams like just the metro system but we just as a country can't switch over it's like come on guys we, we <laughs> even drug dealers know it's better that's a great right? point. oh yeah <laughs> right <laughs> how would you know no just, i don't know what i was doing sorry i feel bad already <laughs> no, no, the other thing is this introduces is, is another thing that i just not a classic bond trope which i don't no, we had it in Thunderball with the, the shark cage, but we're really oh, we're really starting cage. to get up into the overly elaborate way to kill your henchmen, which I very oh, much the appreciate. Piranha pit. That's a favorite. Is that where we're going? There's love thinking the about yeah. the Bond villain 
talking to his contractors and explaining his plans. I just love the idea of like, all right, so it has to be a bridge that goes over a pit of piranhas and it has to be able to swing at any moment at a button, but you have to be able to walk on it because I don't want to walk on it and get piranhaed. So it has to be really sturdy, but if I push this button, it goes right there. (laughs) Like, who builds these things? I love that about these movies and it's just so ridiculous. Very creative, very creative and 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 hard and hardworking contractors. It's, exactly. It would be, it would be it, weird it's sort of for the me. same like appeal that I get out of like Iron Man, where it's like, how much time does Tony Stark have outside of the movies? Because every new movie, he has some crazier Iron Man suit, and you're like, <laughs> I thought you perfected it with the flying one that like flew into you, but now it's nanites and. Then it'll just come yeah, out like of the air weird. or something. Let's, let's, let's also talk about how thing. like the fucking. And it's the same with this. Suit. I'm like, how much time did Blofeld have? <laughs> <laughs> Enough. It would have been a weird experience for me to have watched this in the late '60s because now I've, I, I feel like the piranha pit thing has become so. It's such a fucking. It, it is thing there. Now, there is right? a lot. It's like specific, it's been parodied this is, so this many movie times. And the next oh. one. Are kind of hard to deal with due to Austin Powers, like heads oh, up. It's, like it's it's, yeah. it's one of my all time favorite Austin Powers jokes, which I'll now do because nothing better than someone doing a joke poorly. But it's the whole uh, what we don't have sharks. What do we have? Sea bass. Sea bass. Sea bass. Sea bass. Are they sea bass? No, that's a C plus. I'm sorry, Animal Crossing. It's invading my it's invading yes. my life. True. But also even 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 Disney's Kim Possible had had a riff on the whole piranhas thing and like it was in like episode one or two, like, like one of the first few episodes when, when Kim when Kim walks by a pool with a bunch of eels and the villain's like the villain's like, guess what it is? And she's like, shocking, isn't it? Yeah, no, I I get the joke. I want that, sharks with fucking <laughs> This also introduces something that Bond does a lot. Um going on which is just taking stuff culturally you know Mm. like Mm. piranhas is just taking stuff from the old 1930s jungle movies there's a ton of shots from kurosawa of just like ninjas on a hill they're just taking those are weird they're taking yeah they're taking ninjas they're taking you know the 60s cars uh, japanese car movement and they're just taking stuff and like so when you get to like 1973 and they're just literally like making a James Bond black exploitation film, it's not mm. that weird in a way, even though it's very weird because what? it's like, oh yeah, live and let die is wild. Live, live and live and let die. Very excited to get to that one. Live, live and let die is, is for me personally. I am like very kind excited, of Peter, because you're gonna love or hate that movie. I don't think there's oh, any in between. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I I feel very uncomfortable watching Live and Let Die, and I and I am about as white as a person could be so um like uh, i i the sun is like holy shit i don't want to shine on that man uh, well as long as we're doing the uncomfortable cultural stuff we should get out of the way that they say women come second in japan i love tiger tanaka but wow it's not even it's not even as bad as like why do asian ladies taste different like that's the thing i was like i was like oh how bad is this movie gonna be like the opening in hong kong 20, yeah. 20 seconds 20 seconds like from light and it's like Peking why do Asian ladies taste different and I'm like wow like just, uh, so I got nothing, got nothing. <laughs> this is a reminder that this film was written by the guy who wrote all those books you read as a child <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, I don't. You said he was friends with um, with Ian Fleming, right? I, he was yeah. unproven as a screenwriter. Never wrote in a, written a screenplay before. And there's this interview I found where I don't know who he's referring to, but he's like, yeah, and he's, he's talking about like, yeah, Bond has to have a woman to like, you know, pal around with and everything, right? And he's like, yeah, and they said, make it three. And just the look on his face. But I don't know. It's, it's just, always three. Not, like, it's always well, three. I, I, I always, <laughs> I, I do have a problem with that. I feel like he's starting to write like a really good character in Aki and then she fucking dies. That's okay, what too. is really oh, weird about that, Sean yeah. brought this up earlier, with the actress switch, they apparently could not find a, a Japanese actress that could speak English already, so they flew him to London sat him into like uh what do you call it um program where you just live with english fam like or families that have children a full immersion language program right the actress that was supposed to play aki formerly named suki character i just know this now um couldn't the ring the race racist named one yeah yeah couldn't couldn't finish it. I couldn't 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 learn english very well (laughs) she but she was supposed to have that part she Apparently threatened to commit suicide. What? So we so so the story goes. None of them could speak Japanese, so they sent the one Japanese speaker on set, who I think we mentioned is Tanaka's actor, to go talk to her, take her out to dinner, trying to make break the news to her that they were going to fire her from the production. She said she would throw herself out of the hotel window that night. Apparently, so what? They switched them. Yeah, this is all allegedly. This isn't like something that. Yeah, it's the it's actress herself like has ever confirmed this is all just what the people who like did the producing <laughs> like they made yeah. a lot of bad suicide jokes and decided to just switch the roles which the crazy thing and the reason I really wanted to bring this up not just because the whole Jap- Japan and like cultural relevance of suicide thing but also just besides that it's crazy to me that they initially that they can't then switched her to do the, the role of Kissy who is not named in the film who is Bond's fake wife who <laughs> actually has a larger speaking role then the first woman who meet, we meet, who saves his ass two times and gets killed by ninjas. I mean, that's just, just but, blows but my mind. But also, Akio is like clearly like has all does all the female lifting of this film. Yeah, they, and then oh, does, yeah. which yeah. is which is just it's one of those things too where if they had just like it's one of those things. It's one of those script writing moments where it's like it bothers me so much I just want to die. Like this <laughs> thing's like it's like clearly this movie like Roald Dahl like wrote it as like one person and just said fuck it it's two people like, I don't think he's like proud of his work on this one I no, saw some, like, no he, he's it. not <laughs> but at the same time it's like it's clearly sorry I got Saki my, well my and you have to remember like well. Broccoli and 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 Albert Saltzman were the auteurs of this franchise at the time yeah they were the ones really yeah. driving the ship saying what goes where and they don't give a shit what kind of you know kids books here they probably were like whatever kid writer just write the shit we want three. You got to kill her. You got to kill her neck three. So it's sad. And like, like we said earlier, he also Dahl said it was like impossible to adapt from like the novel that and, it was. And he changes a lot. It's definitely the one yeah. that gets the furthest from the book and, and starts kind of just taking the name and some characters. And he kind of sets that formula too. Where like Moonraker especially is nothing like the book. Not mm-hmm. one second of it is is really like better than a couple of names and stuff. Um, so like it, it's an example of like them taking the name and some of the characters, but like again, totally changing up the the book. I mean, it, spoiler alert for the book: he kills Blofeld in that book in a poison garden while Blofeld is dressed as a Japanese warlord. It is weird. Oh yeah, he has a suicide <laughs> garden where people come yeah. to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is yep. wild. Yep, yep, and it is a strange, strange book. Um, so. Uh, 
I, I, I yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting thing, and I do kind of wish they did like a obscure object of desire of just having both actresses play Aki, and they never address why. Um, that well, would have been great. Aki has a second career is uh, in the in the Godzilla films. She does. You'll see her a lot. Yeah, yeah. Lot. She's actually she's, she's actually a Toho like a, mainstay. One of those Toho mainstays. It, it is, and and again doesn't deserve this film like that's <laughs> sort of like i don't know i, I don't want to like not, not not even like putting onto their work like definitely there's like a lot of like concern in some of the other films she is but like it's like whoa i don't know I, I this is one of the ones where it's like i feel like this film gets away with racism which feels bad to me to say out loud uh because it get away f- with it i feel like it's not getting away with it for us like all these it, years it later definitely, it definitely gets time. away with it in 67 Oh, it definitely did, yeah. but like yeah. it. I, I don't it know. wasn't Breakfast Look, at Tiffany's like the same year or close to this, and it had yeah. the most yeah. racist character ever. Yeah. Like my God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's it, hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone who would have seen this movie in '67. It's uh, you know, I feel like we just have to judge it in you know well, watching well, it. And what I, what I mean right. by get away with it is I say that I'm actually like more willing to like. Just be like, this was crazy and racist, but I still want to watch this movie. You know, that's that's the difference between this and Goldfinger. Like Goldfinger, I reject outright, and I'm like, oh, this is this This is rough. You think you think this movie is more racist than Goldfinger? No, I think Goldfinger is. Well, it's obviously Goldfinger is not more racist. It's it's more objectionable, but there's a difference, and we're not comparing either of those two things because that's Uh, not what I want to fucking do right now. Yeah, the racist racism of Bond films on a scale. My my point is my point is is that Goldfinger. Bothers me more. And for, for, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand know. that. This it all this comes film. back to Goldfinger. I mean, there's like, like there's something to be offended yeah, about in yeah. every Connery one. There's something that's right. gonna yeah. get you. I guarantee you. <laughs> and, and diamonds are forever just because it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Um, it's almost. I guess we haven't really said how much we actually enjoyed this. Really, I. I, this is back down for me a little bit from from Thunderball for sure. I, I know I appreciate that it's like got all these over the top gadgets and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. I it's not the Japan stuff per se because I think it's cool when they have like TVs everywhere because it's Japan. There's a Sony in the car, like, and that's just how ridiculous that is. That's fine. I just I don't know. I I I like the space race plot and and all yeah. of that. I just. I don't know if it's that he just like the film just stops while he like gets married. I I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's weirdly paced, maybe. I, and it is very no, weirdly yeah. paced. Yeah, I, I like this one, but it is very weirdly paced. Wait, Trevor, are you gonna score it's, this? I, if y'all want, I don't know. I didn't yes, want to jump the gun. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we are we there Sean's yet? I'd like, no, I'm like Jesus, so. Dude, hey. Hey, I'm so hey. curious. Ben is the host. He says when we score, I can be a bitch now because I'm, I'm not hosting. I'm so curious. We <laughs> um, haven't talked about Little Nelly yet. Well, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Little Nelly is a perfect yeah. example of like, it, it doesn't flow right, where like, it's very clear they're writing the set pieces more than the. Mm-hmm. the oh yeah, we had a and, helicopter and, and we had a floor that went into a secret. And I don't think rolled on and in a twenty-minute helicopter set piece. If Cubby Broccoli wasn't like, I went to an air show and I saw this little helicopter and we're gonna buy it and kill people. Almost. Oh my god! Also, it is that's insane the other thing. that almost no one has died making Bond films. Just okay, okay. especially this movie. Okay, okay. Also, I just want to say like another another Wait account, account, another kind of gadget for was, your eyes only. Helicopter. Oh my god! I also just want to say an, another kind of gadget was that was Mr. Mr. Rosado's desk where he basically like X-ray. He could see that uh, Bond had a gun. 
um, on, on, on his person and, and then and then told Helga before Bond even left the room, kill him. It's like, Bond, did you not hear that? Helga. Yeah. But, um, no, but, wait till. But so, um, so I, so I want to bring up that scene wait. actually when, when they built the little helicopter and he's being chased. That was the most disorienting cacophony of sound for me <laughs> excluding of course the final Wild. fight scene because it's just loud ass helicopters and meanwhile at the same time the Bond theme song playing for like five minutes <laughs> dude like, I loved that like, scene it was so too, much fun like it was <laughs> good so much fun like, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it wasn't fun but just realizing okay we're getting like helicopters full blast and we're getting the Jabon theme full bum, blast bum, bum, like bum, bum. for five minutes I'm like okay you need to like balance this out a little bit please this is just a wall of sound I, I just love the shot of like Sean Connery like crunched up in like his little cockpit that was, like, was, that, I was about to say I'm glad that somebody enjoyed that scene because somebody lost a foot for it <laughs> the oh, cameraman really? yeah. like, like, I, like I enjoyed it but it was just like this music is taking Jesus. me out of it because I just want I, I need I need one of these things to like the volume just be the volume just be taken down yeah like, Dude, the of, fight in the volcano the other, is pretty fun both. also they have like some fairly famous Japanese swordsmen doing stuff and it's just sort of uh, an actual like, ninja yeah. like apparently uh, mm-hmm. consulted the, on, on the ninjas and cool. yeah that happened so there's also that it's just yeah, crazy Nelly, little Nelly is bright yellow like that's just something you just don't it's almost Thanos copter level of like they just don't do that anymore <laughs> of like they just wouldn't have Daniel Craig in a tiny little yellow helicopter. Nope. It just looks silly. It's very well, I mean, silly. They set the tone for the scene pretty early when they have the time lapse of the helicopter being put together <laughs> oh, without anybody true. else in oh, the frame. Oh my god, it's like, like we gotta go through SNL every... or something. That is very like Broccoli was in love with this helicopter because it's just like it's just so tedious. You're like, oh my god, I just build a stupid helicopter. I get it. I get so, it. Somewhat, Trevor, someone lost his foot. Filming the scene, yeah, yeah yep. uh, cameraman. Sorry, I'm I'm starting to get really into the production of these <laughs> because they're older movies, and I'm just realizing this is like, what's gonna get Trevor. I'm telling you, he's gonna get way too into the production history, and that's what got me. And I'm warning you, it's dangerous. <laughs> too late, he's too late. You've already, you've already okay. lost him. So let me tell you how many people almost died over this movie. Oh, First God. of all, when they were about to go home and like wrap. Whatever oh, section of the production the they were doing, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's an alternate history of Bond where like everybody that had been involved up to the point in the franchise died because they got on this airplane they decided not to get onto that then crashed and everyone on board died uh, because and I we're talking like ninjas. Ken Adams, Broccoli, uh, Lewis Gilbert, all like of them, everybody all involved in it. Like it's crazy. John Barry, uh, yeah. like every yeah. single person. Shit. Then there was the Jeez. suicide threat thing, which is really awkward. And then a light almost fell on Karen Door, who played Helga. And then the cameraman, Johnny Jordan, lost his foot filming, uh, like, well, severed it. There also was like a surgeon convention in town, apparently. So we got to go get it reattached. But then they flew him home to London and they decided to cut it off again. And then he came back on set and like went back to his work and then later died filming Catch-22. The guy loved flying. Like, he loved, died doing what he loved. So, like, yes. <laughs> and then... Um, Peg like Johnny, as he's known in the industry. <laughs> and then uh, also the guy that flew the helicopter was like, yeah, we, like, I took off, like, out of a ravine. Like, it was kind of close there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that flew Little Nelly. Jesus. Yeah. I also too love how he has a helmet on. It's like the same thing again. We must make Bond wear the helmet because the stuntman's like, I'm not not gonna wear a helmet. <laughs> like, fuck you. It's it very door of the door of 
to explore a seatbelt so we can be safe. It's like, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I really want to hear Trevor's score for this movie. Yeah, let's do ben. it. Let's score. Stop let's trying score. to make us score. Me. No, it's fine. The score's good. It's Jack good. is turning into let's that one chick from Mean Girl. Stop trying to make scores happen. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it, Gretchen! <laughs> I need to wow, the reference. I still to this day. I still, Sean, I still Sean this day is my only Gretchen. I've seen Mean Girls once. I really need to watch that shit again. What, Peter? Also, oh my gosh. I've only, seen, I've only seen Mean Girls once, and it was on a fucking plane. <sighs> I've watched watch Mean Girls six times. Mean Girls. Just on Katie rewatches. Also, unfortunately, HBO Max just came out and they have PLL, so I'm. On my seventh rewatch of Pretty Little Liars, oh, damn! All the seasons. I'm just saying when she, when 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 Katie rewatches PLL, she rewatches PLL. Bro, my condolences. Yeah. yeah, that's why I put a TV in my study, and it's tiny, and I watch all the anime on it. <laughs> God, just so you, just so you know, all the anime I watch is like one by one. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's start with Trevor because I'm very curious. Let's, All let's right. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's back it's back down from Thunderball for me. I, it's kind of like I, I had to like. I mean, I obviously got really involved looking at the production history shit, but like I watched this like a week ago, and yeah, it's 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 kind of forgettable for me. Except for, I mean, they're like the big set pieces with the volcano mm-hmm. layer and shit. It's not That's like fair. I forgot that anytime soon. And like I almost remember, not like the plot is what matters, but like I just. I don't know, man. Bond's kind of asleep too. It's the thing like Sean Connery did not want to make this movie and you can can kind of tell he's a little tired of it. I'll tell yeah. I feel like it's if we if it, Trevor was Bond and Trevor Winters is in his fifth Bond movie, it's like it's like fuck it, man, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to imagine a world where I'm in my fifth Bond movie. Uh, I don't know, It'll probably be like Daniel Craig, it's like just fuck this guy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give the fourth it a- one. You say you'd rather slit your wrists than do another one, and then you do another one. That's <laughs> <laughs> the curse. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five, which is what I gave from Russia with Love. Um, that's just about where par for the course oh, for me. Yeah. It's just it's it's a lot of silliness, which is good, but it's not like Thunderball where it's just like the the set the set pieces of that are so silly are just like they they're built up to somehow they seem motivated. It just it works for me. It's that quintessential bullshit that I talked about last time. This is just like. It's not even confusing. It's just kind of lame. I don't know. I, I thought I thought I, I was looking forward to this one in terms of like all the like <laughs> American view of Japan and the 60s type stuff. But it's not even well, it's oh. definitely bad enough to be entertaining, but it's not like so bad that it's like comical or anything. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. It's I, love how, I love how you only live twice. Got Trevor to defend Thunderball. That was that was worth it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I don't know if I said this. This is my favorite opening theme which oh, half so of that good. it's because it's Nancy Sinatra. That's probably why, it's but phenomenal. it's, it's so just, I, yeah. it, and it has and been think, stuck in my head since I it's those it. Oriental, like what it, we think is Oriental, works. like riffs. And it's just like, I, it's so, it's so that cheesy. It's so, it's I, just, I, I like it. It's just in that. my head. I can't, I can't help I, it. I, I honestly think it. this is John Barry's best Bond score. It's up there for me. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just so good. And like the, the score when he is running across a rooftop and it is Oh, that is pretty cool. 
a that, not that shot. interesting shot, really, but it is oh, just okay. so gorgeously <laughs> scored. True. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's throw over to Peter. Uh, Peter so, Nancy. So my score actually isn't that far above Trevor's, believe it or not. I'm going to give it a 5.5. Hmm. I so I like there were definitely mo- definitely parts about this movie that I enjoyed, but uh, in the same vein, a lot of it, a lot of it, and a, a lot, and, and mind you, I watched this movie last night, and I'm and 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 e- and even then, there's still parts where it's like, wait, did that happen? Oh, that's right, that did happen. Like, like even just now, <laughs> like bringing up bringing up bringing up the scene when he's running across the roofs, I completely forgot that happened until just now, like. And so, like, there are moments that that that, that I like. There, there, there were times where it's like, okay, no, this is interesting. This is cool. Like, I, I like the wackiness of it. But overall, for me, it's like, mm, I'll just go watch Austin Powers and I'll be fine. If that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, now 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 at this point, especially because it'll be a different actor, I'm I'm looking forward to um, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So, so so I can so I can compare notes. Alrighty, let's throw it over to Sean. Yeah, uh, this is this is a tough one to rate for me because it's just such a fun, crazy, insane little movie. Um, and I, you know, it's it's one. It's not it's not Thunderball. Like I like Thunderball is like very rewatchable for me. Um, I would argue that Gold Goldfinger is very rewatchable for me. Um, Re- rewatchable, rewatchable, yeah, world watchable, rewatchable. I'm from Texas, goddammit. Um, but. You know, it's just there's just so there's enough things about it that like are so fucking cringeworthy for me. Um, like I, I don't really need to go through like the list of things that are cringeworthy, but just for for fun. Um, I don't you know, have to, but I will. <laughs> I I have a list too. I didn't fucking the, read the, it. The fucking the, the fucking like Peking duck Russian caviar <laughs> line. Uh, you know, like the women come second line. Uh, just the, the portrayal of Japan generally, like it just it really like it really just like it's it's painful to watch. Honestly, like the first time I watched it, I was just like, "This is legitimately painful for me to watch," um, and that does enough for me to like knock this movie down. Um, the fun of it, I, I think, brings it up to a six. But it is by far the weakest bond uh, that we've reviewed so far. Whoa! There, there is a uh, there is that scene for the fun of it where um, a helicopter with a magnet picks up a car and yeah. drops it okay. into Tokyo Bay. That was cool. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Apparently, that was um, what's his name Broccoli's wife's idea. <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. Nice. Apparently, uh, surprised it's not his. Five-year-old yeah. niece's idea. It's, it's like a weird idea. But this is how magnets work. <laughs> yeah. So if, uh, so you said six, right? Yep. Alrighty, and let's throw it over to Sarah. I too am kind of conflicted with how to score this film. I mean, all of the points I'm about to make have already been made, so I'm sorry for the repetition. Um, but the blatant sexism and slightly accidental but not really racism 
of the film are very upsetting. That said, I love the gadgetry. I love the set design. I love the locations. Just the location mm-hmm. shots in this film are are beautiful. Um, I was I had something else to say and I forgot what it was. But uh, I'm going to give this movie a. Oh, it also has what I think is the best score so far. Yeah, good point. Um, that was very enjoyable. And as Trevor said, um, you know, the for me, the best opening song, or at least the song that has been stuck in my head more than any of the other <laughs> opening songs so far. But I am going to give this film a 5.5 out of 10. All righty. And Jack. Yeah, I give this a six. Um, I have a complicated relationship with this movie. Uh, People have characterized me in my life as a weeb. I know I'm not a weeb because we have Ed on Animania, who is an actual weeb. Hi, Ed. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Ed. How are you doing? Uh, the, The point is, is like. As I, when I was 11 year old, I went to when I was 11 years old, I went to Japan and I uh, went up actually by myself via bullet train through Kyoto and Nara and through Tokyo with my dad while he was at a conference actually for like a medical conference there in, in Tokyo. So I like, yeah, on yeah, the Shinkansen. And it was and dad's point was like to him, he was like, there's no crime in this country. Just go. (laughs) And he's sitting an 11 year old kid with no Japanese up to that. And it is still to my life, one of the most magical fucking experiences of my life Uh, because it just was. And people were super fucking nice because Japanese people were just like, look at that fucking white child. (laughs) And and trust me, by the time I got to Dara, I was like a celebrity. (laughs) Free pieces of fruit and treats falling out of your pockets also, and like let, all let's be honest there was 19 years ago too honestly yeah. so like let's be honest about Bro, what time period this Japan happened together it'd be so much fun it really would it really would the, <laughs> the point is the point is is that like i have an uncomfortable probably personal white guy association with japan that like i feel like in tune with this movie's uh, uncomfortable associations with the country the sexism is terrible and also the characterization of japanese people is terrible and i think that's all not good but i still i I still watch this movie and i'm like (laughs) volcano prison (laughs) (laughs) so i i don't know i don't know it's one of those things where it's like it's like wow so you only live twice is where i can excuse racism for the fun of this movie and i feel uncomfortable about that but it can so i scored about the same as dr no Thunderball and Russia with Love are better, but uh, this Doctor No is a better movie. Doctor No is not a better movie than this. I gave it the same score, but it's it's not a (laughs) better movie. I'm I'm sorry. It's it's not. Oh fuck yourself! Oh fuck yourself! Doctor No, the boat right here, motherfuckers, because y'all are all wrong. This is the second best Connery movie. Have been on fuck? Thunderball because that is the wor- second worst. What a boring piece of trash! I knew that yeah. you could throw in the garbage because this movie is great. I give it an eight. I love what? this movie. It's my seventh favorite Bond film. I love this film so much. It is ridiculous. It embraces trash, and I appreciate that for it. 
It is. No, the yes, it is racist and sexist. That's very fair. That's very, very fair. And I'm sorry. <laughs> the um, of, of, the, of this podcast, uh, yeah. James Bond, you only live twice. Embrace trash. Like what? Embrace is trash. Yeah. Embrace, embrace trash. is trash. Hashtag embrace trash. People will be like, um, what the fuck does that mean? Don't worry, you'll, we'll get to it. Thun- I find Thunderball so goddamn boring and tedious. I, I really, oh, really no. do not like that film at all. And this is the one that's just, wow. When we finally get to Blofeld, when we finally get to the big specter extravaganza of ridiculousness in a volcano layer with a goddamn monorail and full of uh, similar it does have a monorail. God, that should be a God damn, are they proud of that monorail? Energy efficient. It's very functional. Yeah. It's very functional. I'm very much a, an orderly, functional person. So and, and, by, and by the way, when you think about it, with that with that mo- with that monorail, with that monorail, like, de- like de- de- definitely definitely a key reference in um in the the first Incredibles movie with um fucking oh shit oh yeah yeah Incredibles takes yes. a lot from this movie yeah a yes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's true which is yeah. why it's a masterpiece and you all don't understand <laughs> it obviously inspired Austin Powers it obviously inspired the Simpsons episode you only move twice the greatest Simpsons episode of all time it obviously inspired Incredibles one of the best Pixar movies this film is iconic and important and y'all are all Man. wrong and I don't care. Uh, no, for real, I do love this movie. I'm just being overly dramatic. Um, Dude, I, I'm is, not even going to lie to you. But I respect. I do like this I better than Goldfinger and Thunderball. I oh, love this great. movie this a lot. No, I love this. It I really like gets into the, the lane yeah. that I like James Bond in the most. This and and, and Spy Love Me, which I like Bro, even more. Oh my God. Honestly, though, we'll like there. the line embrace trash just makes me just, just it makes, makes me at least appreciate this movie more. Just embrace <laughs> trash. It's like, yeah, yeah. If, if we're on the I, same I page, I would up my score immediately because one of the things I'll say about this is that like the only thing I feel I feel conflicted because I have a love of Japanese culture when I watch this movie I'm like this is this is racist fuck you it's a good it's a fun movie I agree with Ben entirely on this it is it's way better that's the thing too is like if I'm gonna watch Doctor and this thing I gave it the same score as Doctor No I'm like I'm not gonna watch Doctor No again go fuck yourself oh fuck you motherfucker what the fuck you talking about there's like a plot that's you know what the fuck are you talking about Doctor no, I just destroyed every microphone in here. It's fun to watch <laughs> Bond like try to figure out what's happening, and he's like interviewing witnesses. Oh, really? And he's, like, is fucking it? investigating. And here, uh, yeah, motherfucker, just reaching over there. What the fuck? You talk- There's a tank and a tit bikini. That's the whole point. <laughs> what the fuck you talking about? Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. All I'm right. very angry. Right. <laughs> I gotta pee. So wait, wait, Ben. To be clear, this is your second. Wait, 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 where would you rank this in your canon? This where would you his, rank this in your canon? He said this is his movies? seventh favorite uh, Bond film. And your Overall. second favorite Connery. Yes. Oh my God. No. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Man, I had a Connery that I didn't say before. Is that here's my hot take on Sean Connery? Lord. Which is why he's he's interesting, and I get why people love him. I don't hot disagree. Take. Here's the thing: the first three, like Connery's like in like out of ten, he's like an eight in the first one because he's still getting used to it. From Russia, sure. love Goldfinger, straight up ten. Then famously, Goldfinger makes all this money. Uh, Broccoli and Saltzman give themselves massive paychecks and don't pay Sean Connery anymore. 
Oh, the that was the exact same amount that they did in the previous films. And he gets quite reasonably very pissed off. <laughs> and you progressively see him give so much less of a shit <laughs> to the point that I frankly think that Diamonds Are Forever is the single worst performance of any Bond in any movie. Yes. Agreed. Worse than Die Another Day. I can't wait. Worse than Quantum of no. Solace. Worse than the worst old where Moore can barely walk. <laughs> he's, he's got geriatric run. Like the last five <laughs> more films. The, uh, a view to a kill last geriatric running more. Moore like, gets some rough city miles in between some movies. It's like he does. He he suddenly looks eighty. It's like whoa. <laughs> um, that fast living caught so, up to him. So that that's part of it too. Is like, so at this rude, point, though. Connery just doesn't give a shit, and it, it's unfair it for me not to like him when he's much better in Goldfinger and just crushing it. He's much. But I just it, don't it like is, Goldfinger. It is one of those things when you see old Roger Moore like get about to have sex with Grace Jones, and you're like, "Go fuck yourself!" <laughs> like, like it's one of those things. Well, where Grace you're like, Jones was so grossed out with you. it. She famously uh, like she was like playing around with her image because a lot of like. Like she, as a strong, muscular woman, she got lots of gross things talked about her. So she brought a dildo into the bed when she was in her sex scene with him. So, and he saw it, and he was like, "Oh, oh, how dare you!" Like it was just like he was not find it funny at all. Did oh, not that's like that. Sad. That I I don't know why I think all. of Roger Moore as like a nice guy, but apparently he's a very I'm sweet wrong. man. He just he's just old school. That's all. I mean. Uh. I mean, he's, he's like a million years old, Jack. Jesus. Yeah. What Jesus. The fuck, Sean, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, That's also like, the crazy thing that will never happen is that they they go, mm, Connery's old, so let's get someone older. He's older than Sean Connery. Like I'm trying to after him. I'm trying to think of an actor who's like comparable to Roger Moore, and there's like no one who comes to mind in terms of like their age bracket. Just it's not a thing. It's so weird. Roger Robert Jenny Jr. retires, and then you're like, let's replace him with Anthony Hopkins. Like what? (laughs) Why? You know what? I mean, I mean, so true. Why not? Like, what's the problem? Like, I I would love it, it, but it's wild. (laughs) It's a wild choice. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, I think that's that fair fun. enough. So overall, y'all be happy that despite my, I did not curve the the thing too much. We we still ended up with a straight six, which is right. I, I feel honestly that's bad now that you were like bold about you live you only live twice because like I do I I'm gonna give you credit here, Ben. I feel bad about my score about you only live twice because I like this movie a lot. I would rewatch this movie. I find the movie upon I will admit watching this movie again. I was like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. bad. Oh yeah, bad. And it can hit you bad. There's, there's definitely some times where I would give it more of a six. This it was also it's, yeah. it's also one of those things too. If you really want to make me feel bad about a movie, what made me watch it with Katie? Because then Katie, like the first two minutes, it's like Chinese women touch different. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> no, for sure. Now like, I gotta think about the other person in the room. I'm, and I'm lucky. Kel like, well, has so little interest. He doesn't watch him with me because he would probably make me feel very bad, which is fair. Uh. It, it's a thing. It's a thing. Any spouse is like in there in your room, and you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I this feel so awkward about watching this. It's a it's a to- it's a toss up for me because I know Megan is hardcore 
awkward judging it when she watches it with me, but it also is really fun because she like makes fun of it really well. Like whenever Aki dies by like ninja poison by like that was bad. She's like also, Aki is the kind of person who pet. swallows eight spiders in her sleep every night or whatever that bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is this is the justice that we get for loud snorers with their mouth breathers. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez. No, I'm a loud snorer. I can say that. Um, yeah, it's 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 a wild film. I enjoyed this conversation. Uh, the next one is very wild and one that I'm very curious about because not well liked when it came out, but is now often considered one of the best, but weird. So I'm not uh, going to be. Oh, yeah. Like, and it was supposed to come next sequentially. Right. And they yes. flipped it because of the snow. Yes. They couldn't get the location and like money. Reasons, yeah, it's, it's, so. it's wild. And, and as we said, it's the it's it's infamous for being the only one with one bond. It's the only one that one person ever played bond once. And uh, so George Lazenby um, and uh, it's great. That ski chase. It's, it's kind phenomenal. of become, frankly, <laughs> as a hipster, I can say the hipster choice for the best one, you know, because oh, it's like it's the one that, you know, someone like Steven Soderbergh could say it's the only Bond film with rewatchability. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Like, I love well, you, Steven Soderbergh. But he's a down. shitty fucking director, man. Yeah, Sean's well, you saw Haywire. <laughs> I watched Haywire. I'll never watch another Soderbergh film. I'm done. Dude, <laughs> Logan Lucky's hey, good. Logan Lucky's good. A- Andrew broke us with Haywire. I'll never forget oh, you and me in the bathroom saving somebody's life who had a heart attack, <laughs> and it was so much more fascinating than Haywire. It, it was, and it was just kind of incredible because me, Alyssa, Sean, and Jack all got up at random points and all met each other outside and like. <laughs> You just couldn't take it anymore, right? We're like, yeah. Uh, I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> we all so collectively it. just had to be like, I can't be in this room. I need to be somewhere else. <laughs> I remember I left first and I went down and got Twizzlers and a Coke. And when Ben came out, I was like, oh, thank God. Just it just like, oh. <laughs> and what I don't think we even saw like, each other leave. Oh it's just God. I think we all just collectively were like, I got to I got to not be here. <laughs> and Andrew like, tried defending it after the fact and I'm like oh, that was the worst oh, no. he has no chill <laughs> look here's the thing I had that problem once where I showed a movie called Paranoid Park which is no, a terrible arthouse movie to my family because I just heard it was good I didn't do that oh thing to your fat Ben so it was my mom and my, my, ben! My, my girlfriend who didn't like it either of them and I felt so bad and I tried to defend it because I didn't want to deal with the fact that I wasted their time. So I get where you're just coming from, but you, you need to learn to let it go. Well, it's also, <laughs> I was also learn. like, like I, I feel like we were better about that at that point because you and me, like, like I made you guys go see Man with the Iron Fist, which was awful. Mm. Like, but at the same time, we all went to that movie and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> like after the fact, Andrew made us go to Haywire and then he was like, it was a great film. It was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> it's revolutionary. He said, he said after the fact in the room with me when we were drunk, it was revolutionary. And I don't understand why you don't understand it, Jack. And I was like, fuck you. I don't understand <laughs> why you don't understand like, I, was, I, was, I remember I was never so much more. I was never so bad at that, but I had You're to like get up and leave sad. the room. I was like drunk and like I had I have to go for a walk. <laughs> like I was oh. like, I can't, I can't stand Andrew talking about Haywire anymore. That's I like, le- I left him like I left the theater. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that other really shitty aliens movie you were also equally upset but i can't remember oh i was there for that oh that was bad (laughs) yeah wait prometheus Prometheus. he he loved prometheus for like 12 days after the fact he loved it for me this was for me like i saw it and i was like 
Well, I didn't see it. And then okay. I like absorbed the film vicariously, hearing them debate every single point of it till like 4 a.m. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah. I feel like the majority, I feel like one of the things too is like, I look back on those arguments with Andrew and like, I know that like, and for a lot for like, I got into film in college and Andrew was into film before it. I felt like a plebe a lot of the times, but for the majority of those like conversations where I was like really honest with myself, it's like, Andrew, that was a terrible film we wasted our time this was awful like i was right about it he can't defend himself here you should come on andrew if you listen to these yeah we'll just, you do. we're making it we're forcing him to come on to defend <laughs> yeah. can we please because i miss him we talked about it we talked about you in like 20 minutes on the last podcast you should check it out <laughs> yeah. remember haywire don't you love that film andrew <laughs> dude oh my god if we can get andrew on to review haywire i will so be here it'll be phenomenal i will make so you have to re-watch I, haywire I, I, I don't even want that. I don't even want that. I, do I, 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 I love you. I don't love anyone that much. I don't love anything in this, this world. Song. I will do anything for I don't, love. I don't love, love anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the, so the only person I would love is a person that would like not make me watch that. That's oh the my point. God. <laughs> Oh, really? There are limits. <laughs> oh God, let's play off the rails. It was a lot of fun. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> so, for the Movie Gang Podcast, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back, barring any. There's just nothing. There's just nothing. <laughs> so, what are we? What are we going to talk about? Um, we're going to, of course, go to the next one uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, the sixth one, a very interesting one. Like I said before, so uh, be sure to check that out. However, you can find it. God damn it, Amazon for running out our our uh, their, their streaming rights to Bond right when we started. Right. Um, I have a pitch too. If you got a second here, Ben, let me know when. Uh, yeah. So uh, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review this show any way that you can. Be sure to go to TuscanShed.com to check out uh, all of our new shows, which I'm one of them Jack will talk about. And of course, we also got Animania, Geek Space Nine, Feast for Bros. Lots of great ones to check out there. Uh, all right, Jack. Let us uh, hear about yeah. your new project. So we're doing we're doing another revival of the pen and paper pod. We did a fun. We're we're taking it mostly streaming because it's easier to do that way. Uh, so we, we are gonna. We just did a stream for a couple weeks with me, uh, Trevor, Trevor's fiance, and uh, our own Edwin Reyes of the Animania podcast. We're returning this week. We're going to be coming up next next month with pen and paper pod, the season three. Uh, we're going to be running a villains campaign. So Trevor Flynn is going to be a fearsome villain a uh it's gonna be great i'm actually super fucking excited for trevor it's gonna be a role play heavy podcast so we're gonna have some people being like really fucking villains in up in here and the idea is we're gonna have edwin reyes and of course uh, uh my friend from our, our outside D game tanner is gonna be joining as well uh to play multiple villains in a quest and it's gonna be fun and we're gonna see how that pans out i don't want to reveal too much but go check that out uh we will be streaming on twitch now we've streamed on youtube in the past but we were switching over to twitch uh, I will publish all these details to our Twitter as well as our uh, Facebook page but we'll be engaging a Twitch page in just a short while and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get some more traction on this one it should be good either way I've got to finish this to the end so it'll be a little bit of a longer running campaign so yeah check it out the pen and paper pod Awesome. Everywhere. Awesome, awesome. It was one of the later podcasts, so I actually was consistent in how I named our various Twitter, Facebook, and everything. Because <laughs> I didn't understand to do that at the time. So sorry, Movie Gang Podcasts. <laughs> or 
at the underscore movie gang underscore podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm exhausted and uh, I have to go deal with 200 students tomorrow. So I'm leaving. Woo! All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate uh, you supporting us and uh, hopefully uh, as you start to ease back into the world, uh, don't, I don't know, get attacked by this. I don't know. I'm too tired to make a joke about this movie now. All right. See you guys later. Thank you all for listening. Don't fall into a pit of piranhas. Yeah, don't fall <laughs> into a pit of piranhas. Nope, don't do it. Don't, do don't it. go near suspicious volcanoes. You might get uh, killed uh, by ninjas. There you go. All right.